Well, hey there, and welcome to the Scattered Saints podcast. My name is Josh, and we are joined by our online pastor, DeAndre. Come on. Hey, guys, I am so excited for this message by Pastor Brett, all talking about the expressions of worship. 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 Not That's ship. Right. But we're, I don't know. Anyway. Nine expressions. Nine. I'm so excited, guys. Yeah. This is an awesome message. Get your notebook out. Mm-hmm. You got three categories. You know what they are, DeAndre? What are they? With your hands. Wow. With your mouth. Yeah. And with your actions. And with your actions. Come on. So get ready, guys. This is an awesome message. We'll see you guys at the end. There you go. There you go. I'm going to start. Uh, if you've got your Bible with you, uh, we're going to start in Joshua 24. It's where we've been over the last number of weeks. This is Joshua 24. We're going to look at verse 15. Verse 15. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates, or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. I love it in the New King James Version. As for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about serving God. In the verse before, uh, Joshua 24, verse 14, it says, serve the Lord with your whole heart. I love it. Talking about serving God wholeheartedly with everything that we have, worshiping him with all that we have. Last week, uh, if, you were, if you weren't with us or if you were, if you're watching online, we were talking about our feelings, <laughs> you're like, we were? Yeah, we were talking about our emotions and our feelings in context of what it means to worship God and what it means to do it with our whole heart. You see, we were created in three parts, body, soul, and spirit. Imagine that uh, a, a, three, a God who's three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, created us humans in his image in three parts. That's called trichotomous. Just turn to your neighbor and say, I'm trichotomous. See, it's not a dinosaur. It's just what you are. It's just trichotomous. I'm a trichotomous rex. And I made, thank you for the one laugh over there. I appreciate that. It was a terrible joke, but we just went with it and you laughed and I appreciate that. Uh, we are made in three parts. Uh, what Joshua is doing in this moment, he's talking to the entire nation of Israel. He's about to die. He's Grandpa Joshua, and he's speaking to them, and he's saying, listen, uh, before I go, before we pass this thing on, I want to know that the kids are all right. I want to know that you're okay with your heavenly father. So he said, listen, I, you need to choose today. I need to know that you're going to choose to follow God with your whole heart. And so Grandpa Joshua leads him to the sacred place and says, come on, right here today, just tell me you're going to worship him with your whole heart. He says, as for me and my house, I am going to serve the Lord. I'm going to worship with my whole heart. Jesus echoed these words in Luke chapter 10 when he says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. There's something important about our heart. King Solomon underscored this in Proverbs chapter four when he says, guard your heart above all else for it determines the direction or the course of your life. That's Proverbs 4, 23. There's something about our heart. Now, what we understood last week is that our heart in Hebrew is the same word in Greek in the New Testament that is often translated soul. So when God says worship with all of your soul, he's talking about our heart. He's talking about our mind, our will, and our emotions. So what we understood or what we're starting to understand last week as we're going through a really practical breakdown of what this is called, what this is called is corporate worship. 
When the people of God gather together under one name, under one roof, in one place, this is corporate worship. This has been happening for generations throughout scripture from the tabernacle of Moses in the tent of meeting to the tabernacle of David and all the way throughout history, Christians have been gathering together under the name of Jesus together. And there's something special that happens in the corporate gathering. It's called the corporate anointing. When the presence of God comes in a special way, when the people of God gather in Psalm 22 says that God is enthroned on the praise of his people, plural. There's something special that happens in this kind of atmosphere. And so we're just exploring what it means to love God with our whole being, our heart, our soul, our strength, everything within us. How do we do that? Like there's gotta be some parameters. And in fact, there is. Now I'm gonna say this, if you're a note taker today, buckle up, I've got a lot of stuff for you. And I'm gonna just give you a pro tip. If you can't write it down, take a picture of the screen, okay? We got lots of slides. So if you can't write it all down, just take a picture of the screen. If you're like, I just like to absorb the experience, might be time that you started taking notes. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say, because God wants to do something and he wants you to remember these things today. Okay, so we're talking about body, soul, spirit, worship with our whole strength. Last week, we were talking about our emotions and what we understood was that the emotions are actually, uh, we don't ignore them. We don't ignore our emotions because it's a part of worshiping God with our whole being. But we understand that number one, 1 John 3, 20 says, God is greater than our feelings. That's the Bible. God is greater than our feelings. So we aren't slave to our feelings. We aren't slave to our emotions. In fact, we have authority over them. That's what David was saying in scripture. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul. He was talking to his inner man saying, listen, despite the situation, despite the circumstance, God is still God. I have a reason to sing and I have a reason to worship. We, we start with our emotions as a checkpoint. And when we say that this is our starting line, what we're doing is we're saying, God, this is what we're coming in with today. This is what we're coming in with to church. This is what we're coming in with to your presence. This is what we're carrying. And, and we, we say, God, we're gonna give this to you. We're not gonna ignore it. We're gonna say, God, this is what we've got. Because when we surrender it to him and when we give it to him, we actually give him room to work. We invite him into our status. We invite him into our emotional circumstance. And we say, God, I'm not gonna let this thing stop me from praising you because you are still good. Today is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. So we start there, but it doesn't end at just our inner man. It doesn't end in our mind, worshiping God with our intellect. Sometimes we can, we can understand things about God. We, we think sometimes in North America, we think it's all about knowledge, but the truth is we are fat on knowledge and slim on obedience. So there is another level or another step that God is calling us to. And he says, worship God with your whole strength. I love that in Luke 10. Worship him with all of your strength. That means there is a physicality to our worship. There's a physicality to our worship. So, okay, before we go any further, we're talking about corporate worship. We're talking about this experience here in church. And what I wanna do today is I wanna give you all the whys to what we do. Because sometimes I think, especially after we've had a break and maybe you've been reevaluating, you're like, how come I just can't have pancakes with every church service, Right? I don't, how many people ate pancakes during church while you're at home? Just be honest, okay? Nobody had, no, no so everybody's a liar. Is that what we're saying today? Nobody, pan, coffee at least, coffee, coffee drinkers. Mike, well, I know you drink coffee, okay? Like you can't lie in the house of God, all right? 
So what we're doing is we're talking about the why. It's gonna be really nuts and bolts. It's gonna be really practical. It's probably the most like teachy you've ever heard me. Uh, but, but this is where we're gonna go. And I want us to start in 1 Corinthians 14. This is a bonus for all you note takers. This is bonus content. 1 Corinthians 14, we're gonna start at verse 26. This is, this is the why to church, okay? This is the behind the scenes. That's verse 40, but we're gonna, we're gonna start at verse 26. So they don't have it back there. It's extra. It says, everything must be done so that the church may be built up. So everything that we do here in church, everything must be done so that the church would be built up. Now, we're not talking about the building. We're not talking about the infrastructure. We're not talking about the gym. We're not talking about the parking lot. It says, everything must be done so that the church may be built up. Here, the church is you. You are the church. Turn to your neighbor and say, I am the church. We are the church. Everything must be done in these gatherings so that the church may be built up. That's why we're here. But then it continues on. Uh, in verse 33, it says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Meaning everything that happens in church is to bring peace, not chaos. God brings peace. And then he continues the thought in verse 40, when it says, but be sure that everything is done properly and in order. There is a way. There is a way to do it. There's a way that we approach. Now, here's the amazing thing. We aren't married to our methods. Methods change. Approaches change. Styles change. That all changes. The word is timeless. It never changes. So we take this and we apply it into our context, into this, this space and place in time, and we worship with our whole heart. So we've got a bit of a, a parameter of where we're going. We are, we are going to worship with our whole heart. Now, before I go any further, I have to say this because uh, I always forget to say it, but it's actually a very exciting day, not only for Baptism Sunday today, but our Stony Plain uh, location, our engaged location just moved into their brand new building today, their first service. Uh, so Des and I are gonna slip out there right after this one and we're gonna go celebrate with them. It's amazing, a, a pure miracle. Uh, another church uh, sold it to our engaged location for under half of market value and they're giving it to them interest-free and they're carrying the loan. It's, it's a miracle from heaven. I'd love to tell you the story about it and we'll share about it later, but uh, it's a day to celebrate today. Um, so this is my beautiful wife, Desiree, on the front row. She was a 10 out of 10 now and I met her in Bible college and she was a 10 out of 10 then. And so did, and every other guy in Bible college thought that exact same thing. And uh, I know you're wondering why she picked me. <laughs> you think it must be the ruggedly handsome good looks. It must be the charisma. You don't like, what is it? Why did she choose you? He, I'm gonna tell you the secret. When we were at Bible college, uh, all of these young men wanted to, to date Desiree. Now, she was very, very clear in Bible class. She says, listen, I don't want to do one-on-one -on -one dates. I don't want to do this whole dating thing. I, I want to, you know, we can do groups or those kind of things. So all of these, these young suitors, we'll call them, young gentlemen, they only focused on doing what they wanted to do. They wanted to take her out for coffee and win her over with their winning personalities. And she's like, no, I'm not doing that. So she rejected man after man after man after man. Now, what I did was I listened. And I strategically created the greatest group experiences and gatherings that always ended with Desiree sitting beside me 
at all of her favorite events and favorite restaurants and favorite places. I just made sure that I did it within the parameters that she wanted to do it. Listen, if you're going to learn to love, you got to learn to listen. That was so good. Someone's got to write that down. DeAndre, write that down. If you're going to learn to love, you got to learn to listen. Now, has anyone done the five love languages test? Anyone done that? Has that changed anyone's life? It's like, so if you don't know what the five love languages are, it's this book, um, and and it talks about that every person has a, a way that they give love and a way that they receive love. And there's like five primary love languages that we all have. Now, for example, um, Desiree is a quality time person. I am not. I didn't know that for a long time. I thought she was like a gift person. So I'd like buy her things or get stuff. And she was like, oh, that's nice. Turns out all she wanted to do was spend some time together. Turns out all I wanted to do was not spend time together and buy her things. We are hardwired a different way. But as we began to understand one another, we began to understand how she wanted to receive love and how I could give love. Then it started to change our relationship. The same thing is true in our worship. God has outlined some things of how he wants us to love him in his word. He says, this is how I want you to love me. This is how I want you to approach me. This is how I want you to draw near. And if you would do these things and if you would honor my word, you're gonna experience me in a way that you never thought possible. It is possible that you've been following Jesus, but you've been trying to do it on your terms and in your way. And you're like, you feel like you're coming up against a wall. You're like, how come all these people have this depth of relationship that I don't seem to have? I just wonder if it has to do with the way that you love him in the way that you worship him. There is a way. So what we're gonna do today is we're gonna dive in to the nine expressions of worship. There are nine biblical expressions of worship. This is the why we do what we do. If you ever like, how come we sing at church? How come people are just like, maybe you're new and you're like, I don't understand the hands up. We're, We're gonna get to that in a moment, but before we, got, we get there, I want us to go to Psalm 150, okay? We're going to Psalm 150 in our Bibles. When you're there, say, I'm there, because nobody brought a paper Bible, so we're gonna work on that. <laughs> Psalm 150. The reason I wanna go to Psalm 150 is because this, is, this shows us what worship was like in David's time. David, who's known as a man after God's own heart, like God's best friend, he's known as a man after God's own heart, He created the the tabernacle of David. Our our whole formula or template or pattern of worship is is established on Davidic worship. So we wanna know how he did it. We wanna get some context of what it looked like. He actually had worshipers 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and they would have services that would go. They would have over 200 musicians that would play. But this is what it sounded like. This is what it felt like. Let's just, we're just gonna set the scene in Psalm 150. I'm gonna read the entire chapter. It's only six verses though. It says, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heaven, praise him for his mighty works, praise his unequaled greatness. That's, come on, that's speaking and declaring the goodness of God. Verse three, it says, praise him with the blast of a ram's horn, praise him with the lyre and harp, which was old school guitars. Verse four, it says, praise him with the tambourine and dancing, praise him with strings and flutes, praise him with a clash of cymbals. Come on, get ready for this church. Praise him with loud clanging cymbals. If anyone was like, I don't know why the cymbals are loud at church, it's because it's in the Bible. 
Let everything that hath breath sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on, there is a physicality to our worship. We're gonna worship him with our whole heart with our entire emotional capacity, with our entire uh, mind, and we're gonna worship him with, uh, with our strength, with our whole body. There's a physicality to our worship. Now I'm gonna move fast through these. This is the nine expressions of worship. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. All right, thank you for being ready. We got th- we're gonna start with three with our hands. Three with our hands, all right? Here we go. Number one, we lift our hands. Number one, we lift our hands. This is what it says in 1 Timothy 2 verse 8. In every place of worship, I want men to pray with holy hands lifted up to God, free from anger and controversy. Oh, come on. That's what the house of God looks like, feels like. In every place of worship, I want men to pray with holy hands lifted up to God, free from anger and controversy. Come on, there's unity among us. When there's unity, there is blessing, free from anger and controversy. We lift up our hands. Now, what I love about this, so what I've done, just so, just so you know, is I put all the supporting little verses for you underneath later, okay? Because it would take us a long time for us to go through all of these, and I've got 19 minutes, all right? So we're gonna, you're going to take a picture of this or write these down, and you can go do your own homework on this later. We've got a lot of content for you. When we're thinking about lifting up our hands, I always think of my little nephew, George. He's two. And when he sees me, sometimes, oftentimes he goes to Desiree first and he only cares about her or my sons. Uh, but sometimes he looks at me and goes, uncle. And he does this. Uncle, uncle. And he wants me to pick him up, right? He wants me to just like reach down and pick him up in scriptures. Uh, God, the father is described as Abba, father. He, he's described as a daddy who's, who's gonna go pick up his son or his daughter. And in the same way, we can enter his presence and we can lift up our hands as a sign to say, Jesus, I'm reaching out to you. Would you pick me up? Would you come and pick me up out of my situation? Would you come pick me up out of my circumstance? Would you come pick me up out of my trouble? Would you come pick me up out of my trial? Jesus, I wanna meet you at a, and I wanna go further. I wanna, I wanna meet you and know you on a deeper level. I love that picture. We come, we say, Father, we come to you. The other reason we lift our hands is, is, is simple. If, if, if you're, you know, getting robbed, you simply go like this. You put your hands up. It's a universal sign of surrender. But there's something beautiful about that symbolic gesture in that you lift your hands and declare that, that you're entirely exposed, that you're holding nothing back. The here I am, completely revealed. Here's the most delicate parts of me. Do what you would do. We lift our hands as a sign of surrender. Number two, come on, we clap in church. Number two, we clap in church. Harmon clapped at least. Come on, Pastor Harmon. Psalm 47 verse one, come everyone, clap your hands. Shout to God with joyful praise. We clap our hands in church. Why? It's, it's, it's a sign of respect. It's a sign of honor. It's, it's an emotional response. It's, it's rhythmic. It's, it's all these things, but there's a biblical standard. One of the reasons why we're like, hey, put your hands together is because God says when we worship, come on, put your hands together. See, sometimes I think we just think that we do church because somebody just decided that we should do these things. No, 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 there's, there's a biblical way. There's a, there is a love language here that we are discovering how we can approach the presence of God. We're gonna move fast. Number three, come on, we do it with playing instruments. Playing instruments. There's a reason why we've got a great 
team that does amazing things. Number three, we play instruments. We're waiting for that slide to come, somebody. There we go. It says, praise the Lord with melodies on the lyre. Make music for him on the 10-stringed harp. Sing a new song of praise to him. Play skillfully on the harp and sing with joy. Wow, you are here so soon. Okay, sing with joy. Sing with joy. Now, what I love, if you read 1 Chronicles 25, you'll find the entire list of all of David's worship team, 226 members. And there was requirements. They had to be skillful and they had to be masterful. This is why we have an incredible team that serves us and they're skillful and they're masterful in what they do because every time they play the keys or they hit the drums or they play the bass or they play their guitar, they're given a gift, an offering of praise with everything that they do. Not because we just decided it would be great to have a great team. No, because we, we worship God with our instruments, with all that we have. All right, I gotta move fast. Number four, we move to those expressions of praise with our mouth. Number four, my mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. We can speak out. See, I think sometimes we confuse music with worship, right? It's not only about music. Now, the beautiful thing about music with worship is that God has created a language and a way to connect our soul and the deepest parts of who we are to him in a way that we don't quite fully understand. Music grabs us and it creates moments, but when our worship and our praise is not only limited to song. It says, speak out his praise. We can declare the praises of God. We can, we can talk about it. We can talk about him. We can say that he's worthy. We can, we can speak it out. You know, in an atmosphere like this, we can declare his goodness. You, like, you might be like, listen, I'm not a great singer. And the truth is we know that everybody can't sing because we've all seen American Idol. We've seen The Voice, every singing show ever. We know that everybody can't sing. But what we do know is that everybody has a way to speak and to communicate. And if you can't say it with your mouth, you could say it with your hands. There's all kinds of ways that we can declare the goodness of God and just say it. Come on, it's just good to say that he's good. It's just good to say that he's good. Let's look at number five, sing, sing. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will praise my God to my last breath. Now, it doesn't matter if you're good or not. It doesn't matter. Have you ever heard a little kid singing a song and they're just kind of singing the words and the melody's wrong and the pitch is wrong and it actually sounds terrible and you feel bad for feeling that way, but then what do you do? Do you look at them and say, wow, you are the worst singer that I've ever heard? No. You sit down and you go, I'm going to take a video of this and put it on Instagram. Right? Because you actually think it's the cutest thing you've ever seen because it melts your heart. Your father in heaven sees you and he sees the way that you sing and the way that you want to engage with him. And he, and he goes, you know what? I know that it makes you uncomfortable. I know that you're uncomfortable in your own skin singing. But guess what? This act is sign of humility. He goes, man, I just love it when you sing those melodies over me.
Now here's, here's an extreme one for you. Number six, shout. Come on, it's good to shout in church. Could somebody shout me an amen? Okay, come on. That was not a shout, by the way. That was like an aggravated talk. <laughs> this is like the most extreme way that we can, don't, don't do it. It's a COVID thing. Don't do it. Um, it says, oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with a voice of triumph. I love that. Come on, shout to God with a voice of triumph. We shout for the victory. Come on, we shout when somebody scores a goal. We shout in the natural when somebody does something good. So in the house of God, we shout when God is changing things, when he's changing lives, when he's breaking chains, when lives are being healed. We shout unto God with a voice of triumph and we celebrate because I... Someone's actually about to shout one day and it's gonna surprise you all. Come on, we shout. We think about the people of Israel marching as they walked in silence until God says, no, no, come on. Now's the time they shouted and the walls came down, not because of the resonant frequencies of their voice, not because of the volume that it caused the walls to crumble. They shouted a declaration of praise and God made a way where there was no way. This is a, come on, a spiritual tool. I wanna tell you something. I shout all the time. I shout in my car all the time. And it's not only road rage related. I shout because I don't know any other way to connect the brokenness in my heart or a situation or a circumstance. I shout because I'm in desperate need. I shout because he's good and I'm inviting him in. I shout because I'm in pain and I need him. I shout because I'm broken. I shout because I'm saved. I shout because I'm healed and I shout because I need him. I'm in the car and I'm like, Jesus, I need you now more than ever. Come on, it's not just a salvation prayer. These are the tools, you know, sometimes we're like, we just come to church for practical life advice. This is the most practical life advice that I could give you. Learn how to connect with the creator of the universe in the way that he's laid out for us to connect with him and you will go deeper. Not because there's anything magic about any one of these expressions. Like it's not a, a super formula where you clap your hands three times and Jesus does a miracle. You know, I love that we're doing this today, talking about this on Baptism Sunday. Because what baptism is, it's an outward sign of an inward and a spiritual work. What the expressions of worship are is an outward sign of an inward and a spiritual work. Something that God is doing in the depths of us and from the abundance of our heart, we don't just, you know what it says? From the abundance of our heart, we speak. Guess, that, guess what? That's an expression of worship. From the abundance of our heart, we worship him with all of our strength and we use these tools that we have. These are the tools that we have to engage because we fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness. And so he's given us some spiritual tools to face the day. We can worship him in a new way and we can go to a new dimension did you know that there's more for you than what you're currently experiencing? There is not a person on this earth who has ever experienced the entire fullness of God. There's more for you and there's more for me. If only we would change our posture, both inwardly and outwardly to create a space and a place for him to move in a way that we maybe never thought possible. Number seven, 
I, I have so much more on shouting, but I've got to go move on. Bowing. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Now, when we think of bowing, we think of one way. In scripture, there's actually seven different ways to bow. So this is kind of a category more than one thing. I'll just run through it quickly. By the way, in case anyone's interested, the Hebrew word for bow is shaka. So just try that out. It feels good. It's like an emotional release as you say it. And it's probably not right, but it's the best that I can do with Hebrew. So here's the seven forms of bowing shown in scripture, okay? Just so you get an understanding of all the different places in scripture and what it looks like. There's the, the, the traditional picture of bowing when we bow down on, on both knees. There's bowing our head while standing. There's bowing the upper part of our body while in a standing position, you know, like. To bend over double in a standing position, which I probably can't do. Stooping to bow on one knee. To lay out prostrate, lay out. To kneel on both knees with the body prostrate and the arms extended. To me, and this is, this is a bread opinion, not a Bible opinion. I'm just gonna share my opinion for one moment. Bowing to me is one of the most um, intimate expressions of worship because it's not comfortable and it leaves you exposed in a public place. But come on, when Jesus walks into the room, everything changes. When the king comes, you must respond. And so we, we can choose to bow before the creator of the universe to say, I'm gonna hold the hand of the one who holds the world. But before I do that, I will lay my life down, lay it out before you, every part of me exposed. Bowing shows humility, it shows our need for God, it shows respect to God, it shows our submission to him, our adoration, and it shows our honor. Number eight, standing. Who knew standing was a sign of reverence? Well, that's why when somebody important comes in, you stand up, you know? Or when the boss comes in and you were doing things on your computer, you don't want them to see, you stand up quickly, like, hey, good to see you. You who stand in the house of the Lord in the courts of the house of our God, we stand to do the work of the ministry. It's an act of reverence. Number nine, dancing. Dancing, praise his name with dancing accompanied by tambourine and harp. Somebody drop a beat with a tambourine and a harp. We dance. Now this is, this is a highly contested one. You're like, you do know that we're Pentecostal, right? Like we don't dance in certain circumstances. Okay, don't dance in circumstances. But in the house of God, we dance. We dance because he instructs us to dance upon injustice. We dance because we can't help but rejoice and celebrate. And it's a natural thing that just happens when we worship with all of our strength and, and it just comes out of us. Now, I have to admit, I'm a kind of an over-the-top personality. I don't know if you've picked that up. I'm slightly expressive at times. 
You know, I, I can't hide things. It just comes out of me. It's just who I am. And, and Des can tell you, I'm the same way at home as I'm the same way at church. And, I, and it, it's just who I am. So that means I need to, you know, take you maybe a little further because I'm maybe too comfortable in my skin. Maybe I need to press pause every once in a while. That's why I bow down to press pause so that it's not my natural temperament that's overwhelming my worship, but it's my soul and my heart and my mind that says, God, I will worship you with everything. And if, and if everything means pressing pause, then I will pause and I will bow. But I will dance before the Lord because I will dance like David danced. You know what it says? I think dancing is, is like, is, uh, is a hot topic in church, mainly because we're embarrassed about how we dance. Because we're like, look at us. Nobody wants to see me jump around. Well, then don't jump around. Nobody said dancing in church was only jumping. You could do a little Pentecostal two-step. You know, you could, you could sway. You could rock back and forth. You could do whatever you got to do to just get some body of movement to say, you know what, wherever I am, however I can, I'm going to respond with my whole strength, with all my body, with all of my mind. I'm going to respond. I'm going to dance. And yeah, it might be embarrassing, but I will become even more undignified than this. That is the words of King David. Come on, we dance because he's good. Listen, sometimes we dance because he's good and I don't feel like it. But I can tell you, oftentimes when I say, you know what, so I want to dance before the Lord because it's what he wants me to do. It's what he's asked me to do. That, you know what, he knows the right recipe for my soul. And, you know, I start with a bad attitude and I usually end with a good one, to be honest. Because God knows what he's doing. So Josh has been playing for about 45 minutes, so I need to stop. So here's what I want you to know. I want you to know that there's a deeper connection available. That there is more. That there's more. That God has more for you. I want you to know that God's inviting you to change your posture, not only the posture of your heart, but with your body, with your physicality to engage him in a new way. You say, well, listen, I've never really been a hand-raising type. Well, that was when you thought hand-raising was somebody, like a person's idea. Maybe it changes it now that you know that it's God's idea. And you don't have to start, you know, full sale. You could give me one of these. Come on, I just worship God with my whole heart, with my whole being. It's not about any one of these things, but it's about our heart being open and willing to connect with the creator of the universe in the way that he wants to love us. And maybe, just maybe, there's something that he intends for us to discover in these sacrificial acts of worship. This is the sacrifice of praise. Outside of my comfort zone, outside of my emotional parameters, outside of what I like to do is where I pour out my whole heart and I worship the king of kings because he's worthy because he's worthy because he's worthy because he's worthy I said because he's worthy. hey there and welcome back thanks for listening to the Skyward Saints podcast oh, yeah. DeAndre what can they do next 
Hey guys, if you are like Gondra, I don't even know who this Jesus guy, Pastor Brett, was talking about. I don't know who that is. I would love to contact you personally. So you can text 587-400-2010. Text Jesus and we will reach out to you. Or, or go to Scattered Saints website. Hey, that's right. Come on. There's a link down. You scroll down a little bit. Not too much. Not too Just little. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. You Just scroll down, you'll bit. see a contact, connect with me, something like that. And uh, we will contact you as well. Hey, that's right. Guys, we want to make sure that you get involved. So go to scattersaints.ca yeah. or text Jesus to what? 587 That's right. Thanks for listening, guys. And we'll see you guys next week.